Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. It's the end of round seven. We've had a little bit more carnage, but we're still fighting through. We're not giving up. And just like someone that doesn't give up, it's JB. You've never given up in your life, mate. We've never made it towards the end of the year and you've run out of trades and you've just thrown in the towel. So who better to lead us through the darkness, mate? How are you going, champion? Very uh, specific. Segway that you've used there. I'm a little intrigued. I feel like I'm being set up for something. Um, no, I don't give up. And if I was ever going to give up, it would have been this round after my 1940. Um, I've had Oof. a stinker. I fell back a lot of ranks. I was inside the top 100 three or four weeks ago. I can't even remember now. It's been so long. Um, I'm out to 882. But having said that, it seems like a bit of a stress-free week, Chizo. Less, less so panic and um, horrible things happening. More so opportunity. I feel um, with some of the lower premiums, a lot, a lot less injuries this week. Thank God, Touchwood, um, and just, just some relaxing things happening. So, how was your week? You sound very zen. Have you been talking to Pistol? <laughs> no, I actually. Well, he's I did. the zen master. All of a sudden, I did, I I did earlier. <laughs> I spoke to Pistol, and it, if anything, it stressed me out quite heavily. So. <laughs> Um, you were there for that conversation. It ended in my, my head in my hand. So uh, we're going to discuss a bit of that later, of course. Um, but Chizo, you're flying at the moment. I want to hear about your week. 
yeah, not too bad. Uh, what I get? Twenty one, twenty eight. Uh, I was a little bit, uh, you know, I only needed 10 points to jump Pistol in the head-to-head and then Chappie dislocated his shoulder in the first quarter on zero and I was feeling, uh, uh, I was riding home every single point there for Chappie <laughs> to get get me across the line. <laughs> it, it was, uh, uh, you know, I'm, every time you get a disposal, you tend to, you know, celebrate it. I was celebrating it even more because we were watching the Supercoach points go up and down. Um, I had uh, an interesting I recall, week. I recall my- him getting a scaling point and, you know, Slack went crazy. Oh, plus one, get him. It's an extra one thousand on his price that doesn't drop off. Uh, yeah, um, I feel it. Yeah, I had one of those interesting weeks where I had a sort of situation where I foresaw myself this week doing a double downgrade, and I already had some some money on the bench, and I didn't really want to end up two weeks without utilizing that a little bit. So I had a sort of an opportunity cost um, with that in holding it, and it left me with a scenario that. I had so many rookies in my forward line that I was playing that for me it just seemed like the obvious choice was to get a forward and I really, uh, of the options I had to choose from, it was really like Toby Green and Steel Sidebottom mm. and yeah, it, it it wasn't the greatest game to watch him. Uh, I brought in Sidey, it wasn't the greatest game to watch because every time he was near the ball, all I could see was his smooth, shiny head running around, not being handed the ball. He was always on the outside of the competition. Uh, and JB, you could also look smooth and shaven oh. with their new podcast sponsor, Manscaped. We're excited to announce the partnership with Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And they are trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And the good news is, JB, they've just... Uh, opened up in Australia, which is going to be great because I know how hairy you are. Uh, mm-hmm. They just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the third generation trimmer with a ceramic cutting blade that easily disconnects so you can increase your disposal efficiency. And upgrade from a rookie to a premium trimmer, JB. And when I say premium, I mean Uber Premium. The battery lasts 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof. It's got a clutch LED light. I can tell you that for sure. And it's got a really, really good USB charging stand, JB. So if you're interested and you want to support us, 20% off and free shipping with code DRSC at Manscaped, JB. I'm interested, and I get 20% off with the code DRSC. Perfect. That's it. 20% off free shipping with the code DRSC at manscaped.com. Really, really excited to announce the partnership, JB. It's something we've kept under wraps for a little while, so it's nice to let the cat out of the bag. Uh, it's an incredible opportunity and uh, from a company. I think I think I can say this. I don't know if I'm breaching any uh, contractual agreements here, but um, we, we have received a few offers in the past, but nothing that we've really... Uh, enjoyed the look of and when we got the the message from manscaping i think we were all a little bit surprised and excited uh to dig into it so um, i'm glad it all lined up with with what we were thinking of in terms of um a partnership and i really look forward to to however many months days weeks years that were were with the company and honestly i've got my package it's amazingly shipped and packed um all in a nice tight box it's i'm not even on the advert anymore i'm just letting you know that that it's all incredible stuff so very exciting am i reading should i read off the page maybe i I think i'm going to get you to do the advert next time uh (laughs) <laughs> Jamie, we do have some housekeeping. We've got um, a, a crazy More. number of sign-ups um, in 
April to, to Patreon. Uh, I think we cracked the 450 mark, uh, which was just incredible. And we do have a, a couple names to read out. Uh, we've got Jimmy Kilpatrick, Mad Madron, Jack Baird, Jamie Drew, Daniel Simmons, Just Mick, uh, Nicholas Ackland, <laughs> Jay Debrancat, uh, Flotation Device, Lee, Andrew Wedge, Dylan Wedge, Luke DeVille and Liam Ellison. So thank you all for signing up to Patreon and I hope you've enjoyed your little uh, hazing ritual as you enter Slack and are asked to uh, get a display picture before having to trade in a loophole. The, the hazing's not over. Firstly, did we pull two wedgies in the last week? We did. We, 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 they're differentiated by what degree wedges. So we've got a 52 degree wedge in there. So uh-huh. uh, here's, here's the first one if we're you know just chipping around the green. Um, right. a, a pair of wedgies signing up at once. I, I, I think uh, must be related in some way, JB. And another just. We seem to be getting those every week as well. I did say it was a popular first name, but they've really shown through. <laughs> we the the sample size of people that sign up to us that have the first name just is just incredible. Um, there's got to be some sort of scientific explanation. Uh, we do also have a lot of cancer council donations, JB, for. Some donuts, some dumb things, and some actually really good luck, as it turns out. Yes, thank you. That worked out perfectly for you because you, you sort of said the first two things and didn't know what to say for the third thing, and then it all just <laughs> it all just spiraled, and, and then you hit it well. I'm, I'm proud of you. Now that I pointed it out, of course, the people know that you had to struggle through that third thing. Kind of takes away <laughs> from it a bit, doesn't it? Um, the You're first ruining donation, the illusion. <laughs> the first donation from Muscles, how Ben Long gets a game is beyond me. Anyway, here's two weeks worth of donations from me. I assume that is a high more related issue and I definitely be lying if I didn't agree with you, Muscles. Sam Bill Bombers, this was maybe the stroke of luck that you were talking about. Took a, a punt on ranking, not changing too much if I had high more on field. Surprised to see my second overall rank didn't change. Happy days. Well, Sam Bill Bombers, you, your second overall rank did change. You're into first, mate. <laughs> And you didn't Incredible. even know it. Um, so it goes to show that the uh, the guys, even at the top, are humbly putting themselves positions lower than what they are. Um, awesome season so far from Sam Bill Bombers. Um, obviously, he's in our Patreon as well. And I can't even... Uh, what are we, six of the top 21, I think, at the moment or something Crazy. else in our Patreon? It's unreal. So um, everyone's going well. I am, I'll be shocked if we don't get a winner from this season and it's going to be awesome getting them on the interview podcasts preseason. Hey, no mozzers. No mozzers. Hey, stop. No, guaranteed. Next donation. Butler, donate for donut. Damn you, defenders. I assume another high moral donation. Um, Declan G got two donuts. Round six had the energy on sharp. Uh, I assume that means emergency on sharp and not on Koshi, which I assume is Cozzy. With sharp (laughs) not playing and Kodchi, which I assume is Cozzy. (laughs) Scoring 104, <laughs> costing me wins in all leagues. Had Highmore on field after trading Clark out. Um, okay, that's not... Deco's had a mare just there. He's, he's honestly, he's gotten to the point where he's just headbutted his keyboard through that donation. He's that angry. Um, Delvis, first donut for the year. Damn you, Highmore. Um, Ruben Brooks has donated and said, this makes this actually makes me feel a whole lot better about defensive line donut. Awesome initiative, lads, which is true. Awesome initiative. Um, and obviously the people donating are even better. Stephen Lapone, donate for dumb things. Forgot to trade Dunkley on the Friday. I remember reading this in Patreon. Yeah, we had a couple of people on. forget to trade Dunkley. Oh, that Not was bad, ideal. wasn't it? Not it was work-related, work I believe. At least he didn't drop in price. 
And speaking of work-related, TP, donate for drunk, dumb donut things. End of work party, drank too much, forgot to set my emergencies. Scott and Mansour had locked out on the Friday night. Two donuts as a result. No. To make matters worse, I was at the game, never even thought to check. <laughs> <laughs> no, not your best moment, TP. And in Team JB, mind you, uh, copying the loss there as well, I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, up against a good opponent this week, but still managed to score over 2,000, which is better than me, and I had zero donuts. So um, I think he had Dusty crazy. on the bench too. I mean, so did I, so, you know. Oh. T- um, TP doing well to get away with just two donuts there, I think. Incredible, incredible support we're receiving. We're $167. Wait, 100 no, we're not. Well, one thousand three hundred and sixty-seven dollars away from our goal of fifteen thousand dollars. I don't know where I got any of those numbers for in that first prediction. <laughs> I was so confused. Um, but that's unreal by everyone. Um, we're slowly creeping forward every single week, and this week was a really good one by by the community. So, um, not forced to pledge or donate anything yet. We still have the the donations rolling in. So, great work. Absolutely love it. JB, let's jump into some really big news. Chizo Chase Down is now ranked second overall. It's the top-ranked 18-team league. It's, uh, oh, wait. Oh, I just I just hadn't wanted to bring that up uh, publicly, JB. Let's get into the Supercoach news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about... Um, this is something that we've touched on previously, that we do need to be a little bit cognizant of what rookies we're trading and when. And I think the first thing that we do need to talk about is what what's your personal opinion, JB, in terms of trading someone like Roe this week or trading someone like Gordon this week if you had the choice, if you had the preference, which way are you leaning towards and why? First of all, it's very early in the podcast to be using Cognizant and I, I love it. <laughs> I love that you've got it in it out of the way early and perhaps we'll see a double cognizant for the first time in a long time. So (laughs) that's one to keep your ears out for. Um, Yeah, so there are a lot of rookies who are are topping out this week. It seems to be the week for it, which um, people think is poorly timed, but I think it's okay. Um, We have Campbell who um, has already topped out, didn't play last week obviously, but is still in need of a trade out. Golden, Rowe, Chappie, Berry and Warner all of which um, are potential trader options this week. Now, it's 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 really difficult between someone like Gordon. It's not difficult between someone like Gordon and Rowe. I think the answer is quite obviously Rowe, um, unless it gets you a donut, which obviously changes things. But assuming you have cover on your lines and you're trading Rowe to, to someone like, I don't know, Frederick, if you can swing things or you're upgrading him even, um, I think he's just the most obvious trade-out option this week. He's got a 77 break-even. He plays Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval coming off of a loss. Um, I don't see him reaching the break-even. Um, I think the 11K price drop prediction by Supercoach is quite generous, um, and I wouldn't be holding him uh, past this week. If you do, you're probably committed to a two- or three-week hold for him to try and make a bit of money back, or you're just getting him out next week for 11K loss, which isn't too bad, but it's you just rather get rid of him now, especially if he's on field. Um, Gordon was the other one that you mentioned. Now, Gordon, at least I think he's, he's going to be putting out 60-plus 60, 60 scores. He's probably on your field. Um, I don't think he's even a must-trade out, even if he's like one of your only options. I think there are a few guys that I'd rather get out um, ahead of Gordon, especially if it means exposing yourself with someone worse on field, like Finley McRae, for example. 
um, you really want to tread carefully with, with stuff like that because although you're making an upgrade somewhere, you're likely losing points on field if you if you're downgrading your rookie to someone who's not quite scoring those. And Gordon's not been putting out consistent sixties, but we can expect that from him, I'd imagine, going forward. So, um, what are your early thoughts, Chizo? Just based on the guys that I've named off, um, who are the desperate, desperate trade outs? I think Chappie's another one waiting in the wings to get traded out. I think Chappie's probably ahead of everyone for me because we know he had a significant injury. We've just seen Dunkley uh, have a shoulder dislocation that's resulted in him having a reconstruction. Obviously, once it's popped out once, the damage is already done. You can pop it back in and still you know, sort of play the game out is what we saw with Chappie with a, a, um, a, a bit of strapping. It's one of those things that he probably does need surgery he's probably going to not play this week and for that reason he's probably on the top of my cull list um, ahead of someone like Goulden and Rowe just because of the injury at least with the other two they're still playing um, and you know playing playing can be worse by the way um, in terms of losing money if you've got cover for Chappie yeah, that's right. That, that, that's right. I, I, it all comes down to um, the cover you might have in every line. Maybe you've got Rowe at F7, and in which case you, you know, you, you're, you're laughing. Um, but I think for that reason, I'd be looking at moving him on first because we do have defensive options in the likes of um, Freddie uh, this week and maybe a Nick Murray or a Nathan Murphy from Collingwood. So um, he's got direct comp- competitors um, or, you know, com- um Someone to swap him to, anyway. I forget the word I'm trying to look for. With the likes of Goulden and Rowe, we're trying to get the likes of Rowe off field as soon as we possibly can, if he is on your field. And I think Goulden has the potential to be a reasonable on field option. And so the, there's every chance I see him being able to reset his break even, at which point he's not a desperate trade anyway. Uh, it could end up being a, a, a James Jordan situation where everyone, you know, moved him on. Suddenly he has a good game, resets his break even. It looks like he's going to make us like another 100K on top of what he's already priced at. So um, Gordon's a good egg. He's just slowing down. I have no problem if you do want to move him on, but he's probably the last of the three that we've talked about in terms of Chappie, Rowe, and Gordon for that on-field potential if you do have him. Does that, does that sort of resonate with you as well? 100%. And I think a lot of people are trading out two of those, in which case Chappie and Royal probably um, my main two targets for that. But the question I have is for 30% of the competition who have techs at the moment, um, following a poor score this week and a high break even against Port Adelaide, um, he's another one that could be facing a trade out. Who would you prefer? Um, you're probably losing more money on techs than you are someone like Roy, uh, but you're probably also getting more points on field this weekend. From whoever you trade row to as well, um, even more points. So it's kind of a point versus coin toss up this week between those two. Assuming they have Chappie that can go to Frederick, um, then they've got those two players in their forward line. Who do you think is more important to get out? I think this is the last week for Taylor Walker if you do need to hold him. The reason being, he has a break-even of 132, which is not great, a projected score of 90. If he scores 90, he only drops 18K. I think we can deal with an 18K drop when Rowe's going to drop, what, 10K if he scores 20. You know, so um, with Tex, he obviously backs up the previous 
um, statement that I've just made that the on-field opportunity to score points is still high. Now, it is important to know that this week they're playing in the showdown against Port and your boys are probably going to absolutely demoralize the Crows. Um, and Don't get if, too ahead of yourself there. <laughs> if, if this week happens like what we've just seen against Adelaide, his scoring potential is going to be severely, severely stunted. If he puts out another 42, he might drop... Uh, we need a pistol here to, to, to give us an exact figure, but it's going to be way, way more than 18,000. So it, it really comes down to two things. Do you value Texas on-field scoring this week and in which case you can cop uh, maybe a 30K point drop, for example? Or do you have Roe on-field and you're not so much worried about his... Um, the the cash he's going to drop this week, but it allows you to get a different player on field to uh, to get some more points. So overall, your your team structure is going to be better. Your overall scoring power is going to be better because you've kept the quasi premium and up and got row off field as opposed to trading Walker and playing row. I, I think that's the the thing that stands out the most for me. Yeah, and for example, if Tex puts up, puts up an eighty and Row puts up a forty. Um, Roe probably loses as much money anyway. Um, mm-hmm. He's projected to score 50 and lose 12K. So, um, Oh, he's got if, no chance of getting 50. He won't get 15. <clears throat> no, well, that, that's, the, that's the problem. Um, he might even get dropped, which probably sways it in Texas' direction if you've got Roe on the bench. So um, I suppose it's a bit of a difficult one, but I think the point that we're trying to make here is um, it's going to be a little bit team-dependent. It's going to be a little bit trust-dependent. I still trust text. Tex and his um, ability this year to still put out a 70-plus, even if Crows do get um, belted by Port Adelaide. However, with Roe, I trust that he's going to probably put out a 25 if they get belted. So um, I think Tex is the one to hold of the two, um, but Tex owners really need to identify a way to get him out of your team because um, too many more weeks, in fact, probably only just the one more week of this, uh, and he's bleeding cash all the way back to you know near where on where you started him. So um, they have a tough run coming up. That it doesn't get easier after Port. I'll just I'm, I need to, I need to have a look at it now while I'm on the uh, the subject. So after Port Adelaide, they verse West Coast. Then they have Melbourne, who are undefeated. Then they have Richmond. So they, those are four games in a row where Tex is probably going to struggle to go over eighty five. So. He does need to get out of your side. He needs to be in your planning. And from there on, it's going to be a little bit team dependent. But as long as you're aware of it, I think it's it's something that a lot of people that got text in are going to be able to profit from. Yeah, and it's the text train analogy that I've been pushing uh, you know, since the, the, the prospect of bringing him in arose is that we were here for the scores and the price rise to begin with. As soon as the tide turns, then... Um, you know, I think we just recognise that he may not be a premium, and it's time to to cash the cash the chips in. The only thing I would say is he's only had two sub tons, and this was his first score below eighty five. There is absolutely the potential that he just had a bad game, JB. Like it is absolutely the potential that he just had a stinker. And we saw Houston on the weekend that we thought was a great trading option. He also had one of those as well. So um, no one's immune to having a bad game. So. That's also probably one of the reasons why I would also pick Row to go before Tex because I genuinely think this gives you another option to go, you know, is the tide turning? It is? Okay, 
And so if you've got some uh, some other things to do, then sure. But Tex, I think at, at the end of the day, probably isn't going to be one of those top six to 10 forwards that we really want to be keeping that are going 90, 95 plus for the year. And this is our chance to kind of cash in the chips uh, that we made to start the year. So that, that I think that's, um, that's super, super important. And JB, this kind of leads into the next the next prospect where riding someone that's cheap up to a high price, trading them out, there's also the potential to kind of almost like a, a, a investment recycling scenario here where we can go a text from 300K to 460 and then use that money to go down to a fallen premium in the likes of a Josh Kelly, a Stephen May, and a Caleb Daniel. What are your thoughts on that kind of prospect? And he mentioned Houston as well, who faces a break-even of 114 this week and mm. is priced at 460K. So um, Tom Mitchell, if people don't own him, and if people are feeling super risky, which we're going to talk you out of later, the likes of Heaney and Hall are coming up on um, quite low prices with potential to, to do well as well. So... Um, there are a lot of options, a lot of cheap options for players that we didn't think would be this cheap at this stage of the season. Um, for me, it just depends on, I mean, a lot of it is dependent on the coach. Um, myself, I'm looking at Stephen May as a good option at 400k. I think he provides really strong value. But if if I was getting Stephen May as my sixth defender and still didn't have Lockie Whitfield in my team, which no one does, um, I'd be thinking twice about it. I don't want to trade myself out of someone like Lucky Whitfield um, or even Jake Lloyd could be the alternative to that as well. Jake Lloyd is someone that you might not want to trade yourself out of. Um, it depends where you see Lloyd and May averaging for the rest of the year. Um, I wouldn't be trading in a guy who you think is 15 points below um, the guy that you're you're fading. So um, that's in consideration. Caleb Daniel, you might expect to bounce all the way back to you know what you predicted him at 105 preseason. If that's the case, he obviously presents incredible value. I think no matter how you look at it, Houston actually does present incredible value. Um, Josh Kelly's a tough one to assess as well with his wing time and, and forward time being dictated highly by injuries at the moment. But all of these players that represent value, of, of them all, I can really only identify the one, maybe two, that are going to be around the top six to eight of their line, um, which makes it really tricky. It means you're betting on someone who um, you you most likely don't completely believe in being a, a top player either, but you're just going for the value, um, which I think has its purpose, but you also don't want to get sucked in to missing out on some high-caliber players, Jesus. So talk to me through one of those scenarios. Let's talk about The Undertaker, Caleb Daniel. He's obviously had 117 on the weekend, 34 disposals. The role that we all knew you know, he could play. The question for me is surrounding Caleb Daniel now is not that he was ever going to bounce back because we know yep. that form is only temporary. It's the emergence of Bailey Dale who is just commanding so much ball across that back half just roaming free across there and, you know, almost is taking away that kind of necessity to use Caleb Daniel because the long kicking play on game style that we have now has just sort of killed the the short direct kick out of the goal square that Daniel was originally used for. I think the thing that 
on top of what you just said um, with Bailey Dale, is the other halfback flank, Bailey Williams. Now, I'm, I'm trying to find exactly where it's said how long he's out for, um, but he was, I think, the main benefactor in um, taking away points from Caleb Daniel is because he was taking most of the kick-ins and kicking along with it. Um, he was getting a lot of that that ball out of halfback, whereas they weren't exactly looking for those short, stabby passes from Caleb. They were looking for Bailey Williams to go long and down the line, then backing in their midfield at ground level. So um, I think he's really important. If if Caleb Daniel scored this with Bailey Williams in the team, I'd almost be getting him in um, immediately. However, with Bailey Williams impending return, which, um, geez, I cannot locate how long he's out. It's for. one to two weeks for his collarbone. Okay. Um, it scares me. It scares me out of Caleb to the point where I'd rather see him go up 50K and pay for him after seeing him do it with Bailey Williams than get him now um, and have Caleb Daniel average 70 in my side for the next um, two months of football. So um, I, I don't think you can make a reasonable decision based on what we saw on the weekend considering the, the lack of Bailey Williams. And as you said, the emergence of Bailey Dow is also extremely important. All three of them in a team um, might just spell the, the end of premium Caleb. So um, those who held on to him, something to watch as well. Um, Bailey Williams is 23 years old, Chizo. I don't know about you, but it feels like he's been around for longer because he's been good for a long time already. Um, a couple of years. Also, I think there's three of them in the, in the competition, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> there's at least three of them. Um, <laughs> There's about 100 Baileys as well in that team, so maybe I'm just getting them confused. Um, but he's been <laughs> up and coming for a few years now, and it's finally happening. I, I don't think he's just going to now take a, a, a lower role because Caleb Daniels has had a good game. Yeah, sure. Okay, speaking of having a few Baileys, talk to me about why <laughs> Stephen May is such a good option for us to be considering this week and, and, and why you'd be pre, you know prioritizing him over some of the other defensive options. Yeah, so this is... The, I mean, Pistol and I had a heated discussion pre-podcast about Stephen May um, <laughs> to the point where I heard Isaac Heaney's name mentioned and, and nearly hung up the call. So um, <laughs> apologies to Pistol, but essentially my thoughts on May, um, after seeing him in the second half of last year go 111 with the monopolized kickouts. Um, I think he has the potential to go 100-plus for the rest of the year. He's already going 100-plus without the injury score. Um, at 400K, I think there's approximately 5 to 10 points between he and Jake Lloyd for the rest of the season. Um, a lot of people might hear that and wince a little bit. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to Stephen May. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit to Jake Lloyd. But after the last month of Jake Lloyd scoring between 95 and 105 consistently in that range, I'm not certain on the fact that he has 110 plus in him this year. Um, he's not doing it so far. His last four games in my immediate memory have not done so. He hasn't got 110 plus in five weeks. Um, I just don't know if I trust that to happen. And it's not that I don't want Jake Lloyd in my team because I think he's the safest ton um, in the game at the moment. It's more that the value presented in the 150K difference might be enough for me to um, opt out of a cheaper option elsewhere and go uber premium um, elsewhere. So it's really just more about redistributing cash. It's about cash generation as well and how that's going for each individual side. Um, and I can see Cheezer nodding his head because he's about to come in with, would you rather do that and short Lloyd or would you rather short 
still side bottom in the forward line? Um, the answer is I don't know if I am going to have any confidence in any forward under the price of 420k at all this year. Um, the options for someone who already has a Dustin Martin who's dropping this week um, are essentially as floated by pistol. Um, Isaac Heaney and another being Aaron Hall at the moment in the immediate future, and then whoever may potentially get injured after that and, and drop to said price. So um, of those two options that I just read out then, I hate them both passionately. Um, I trust <laughs> May. <laughs> I trust May. I think May's got upside. Um, I don't trust those other two guys. So I know where my chips are right now. Whether they stay there or whether Chizo talks me out of it is to be seen. So what are your thoughts, mate? No, yeah, let's just roll it back right to, to the top of that. Stephen May obviously demonstrates a prime example of a really good top-end premium player at a discount. There's yes. absolutely no denying that. I think that it's also important to talk about that premium levels have tiers. There's the tier one, tier two, tier three. Right now, mm-hmm. we've got Stuart averaging 110. With- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We've got Lloyd averaging 107. We've got Ridley averaging 108. These guys I consider tier one, for example. I consider Stephen May a tier two. And I personally can see him averaging anywhere from 95 to 100, probably falls somewhere in that range. I don't personally see him as a 100 plus. And so you could make the argument that you're selecting a tier two defender when you have genuine options. It might stop you from getting Lloyd. It might stop you from getting Ridley. It might stop you from getting Whitfield because we're already heavy in the back line. That's something you have to consider. The alternative would be to use that, um, sorry, the, the, the trade-off from that is to use that extra cash to get the absolute top premiums in the forward line because we don't have any trust in the premiums we have down there. It allows you to get a Marshall, it allows you to get Zorko, Zebel, Impey, you know, any of these kind of guys because we're missing the Dusties, the Dangers, and the Dunkleys right now. That, that, that's, that's one side that, of the And fence. the Butters. That's right. Absolutely. Butters is another one to consider, and I always forget him. The other side of the fence is that the midfield, the the ruck line, and the defense line all have clear tier one premiums that are so 
five to ten points ahead of the rest. I'm talking even comparing a Jack McRae to a Clayton Oliver. That's a 14-point jump. That that's a that's a huge step that you would be missing out on in your in your midfield if you chose to take a, a say let's even say a merit at one ten instead of getting Jack McRae. That's almost twenty points you're electing not to get by choosing the cheaper sub premium. So the opposite side of the coin that we're talking about, rather than cheaping out and missing the tier ones, because there's no obvious tier one in the forward line, it's a little bit more hit and miss. It's a little bit more. Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys that are going to average 85 to 95. If I pick one of the guys like side bottom that only averages 91, you can kind of get away with it because you're not losing out 10 to 15 points every single week if you don't own Marshall, for example, who could just do 85 to 95 in the role and the injuries that he's carrying. So there's the two arguments that you could make. Do you take a really safe tier two premium to give you more cash in the forward line to get the absolute tippity tops when they present themselves? Or do you make sure that you get the absolute premium, you know, gapping the tier two defenders in the back line with the Lloyds and the Ridleys and the Whitfields, hopefully, and take a punt in the forward line because it is so scarce down there? That That's the kind of the two ways to play the game, and there's no right or wrong way that I can see it still comes down to the individual discounted player that you're looking at. And if you're looking at the likes of Aaron Hall and Isaac Heaney, they're not like Stephen May, who's only discounted because of a freak injury. They're also discounted because they are recurrently injured, have role changes, and um, we just know there's inherent risk with them. Whereas Stephen May is a little bit... um, less injury prone we feel more confident that this concussion and fractured eye socket was just a freak incident and hey he's just going to go back to that 100 average so i can totally see why people are intrigued by stephen may but it very very much it very very well could preclude you from getting a lloyd and you have to know you're making that decision when you get him you can't you can't go into this decision and say, oh, in round 17, I'll probably have a trade and upgrade him to Lloyd. That's not how it works. You, th- this upgrade here is you're planning for him to be in your finished team. And if you are you're fading Lloyd, you're fading Whitfield, you're fading Ridley, you have to understand that's your decision and you need to try and make up those points elsewhere. Does that does that kind of summarize <laughs> the two points of the argument? No, 100% it does. Um, and I'm... I'm in all sorts of agreements with you. I'm nodding my head as you talk. Um, I think the thing that makes it worse for me is I don't see any immediate guaranteed premiums in the forward line getting to that price. Yeah. Um, if, if Zach Butters, for example, had got injured on 40 um, and found his way to 400K by the buy, um, I would not be considering someone like Stephen May. I'd be going up uppity up. I'd be getting the best premiums I could possibly get. Um, the problem is I don't want to hold hopes that a premium in the forward line even gets to that point. And I definitely don't want to be stuck um, improvising and getting someone like Isaac Heaney, who um, I just think is a atrocious pick, Any anything more than 300K. Um, due to injury history, scores an average in losses, um, scores an average with Buddy in the field, uh, on in the team, I can't speak. Um, <laughs> and, and just... <clears throat> everything combined for Heaney is just really, really bad. Whereas 
I think Heaney's like an 85 average best case this year. Um, Stephen May, I think, can get to you know somewhere around 100 to 105 at best case. It's not where I predict him, but best case he could he could land there. So that's a 20 point gap, Chizo. Like if 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 other people don't think this, if other people don't agree with me, they might think the opposite of the two averages um, potential for these players. Then absolutely ignore May. Um, get your cheap premium in the forward line, and we'll just see how it pans out over the year. Um, it's just of my opinion that May is going to be better for my team than any forward reaching those depths um, in price. Yeah, sure. And I guess this leads into the next sort of question that this is probably, I know we say this every week, but um, our trades are becoming increasingly more important and increasingly harder to decide which strategy we're going to use week to week. And we're presented with the potential to do a double downgrade this week. Uh, with the likes of Freddie and Murphy and Murray all being on the bubble. Is it worth doing the double ground downgrade if you're missing May? Do you, do, you, do you think it's as easy as saying, hey, I've got two decent rookie options this week. I'm going to fade May and I'll get Lloyd later on because you know I've been get, presented some cash-generating options? Or do you still think that pick the best rookie downgrade and grab May while you can? Just to give a really quick run through, Freddie and RCD this week and next, I think are super, super easy, obvious, good rookie selections with immediately decent job security and some of the best scoring potential we've seen in rookies so far this year. I think they both pick yourself themselves in 100% of teams. Um, whether you go Freddie and RCD this week or Freddie this week, RCD next week, I wouldn't go RCD this week, Freddie next week. That seems a bit dumb. Um, but whatever combination <laughs> you decide to do with them, I think they're both great. That then leaves Poulter, Thilthorpe, Murphy, Murray, and Owies, who I think there are a couple of players in there, namely Murphy, potentially Owies, potentially Poulter, um, who could present good long-term job security and fair enough scoring potential to to be a good rookie. Um, so I think you need to identify early whether you're going to want one or two of those guys um, or three of those guys in the next two weeks. If so, you're looking at a double downgrade. Now, this week or next week um, <clears throat> depends a lot on who you're getting from that double get downgrade. Double downgrade usually followed by a double upgrade. Um, and we have players like Ridley, Dusty, Lloyd, in, in a couple more weeks, Whitfield, Marshall, Jack Steele, all bottoming out in the next two to three weeks. Every single one of them. If you're missing a few of those guys, namingly Rids and Dusty, I think going a double downgrade this week is so much easier to justify considering you're going to be getting both those guys the following week. If you have a lot of those guys, I have Ridley, Dusty, for starters, and Jack Steele. I'm a lucky guy. Um, I don't necessarily need Marshall, Whitfield, and Lloyd in the next week. So I'm happy to go one up, one down still. Um, this is where the team depend, like team dependency comes into it, Gizo, because a lot of people will be looking to get two of those guys in ASAP, um, and a lot of people will be unlucky enough to have them already. Um, and if you're lucky enough to have them already, or unlucky enough to have them already, you probably just want to stick to one up, one down so you can keep up with everyone's upgrades um, and you're not getting two Ubers for a really cheap price next week anyway, like the people going to down this week are. Yeah, and I think that sums it up really well. I think 
there's an extra layer of complexity here based on the fact that a singular downgrade this week is going to make it really difficult for some people to do an upgrade. So if we take my situation for a really, really good example, I've got 20K in the bank. I've already said that I think Chapman is ahead of Goulden and Rowe in my team to do a downgrade. And Freddie is probably the number one uh, rookie option this week to bring in. If I do that trade, I've yep. got 140K. So if I'm trying to do a Berry, a Campbell, uh, a Rowe, a, a Jones, a Scott, what can I afford for that? It's bugger all. And so that leads me into the next kind of layer in that if you can't afford anyone after doing your preferred trade, you've got one choice. You either do the Goulden to um, to a rookie and have the cash to upgrade somewhere if that's what you want to do, the one up, one down. Or if you're going to do the chappy route and then the, uh, say, row as your second trade, you need to do a double downgrade to even appreciate enough cash to use it. And if you've got 250K going into next week, you don't need a whole lot of money to be able to do a double up because if you've still got um, Goulden, for example, you probably only need 150 to get him or not even uh, 150 to get him to a premium depending on what line it is. Um, That makes it a little bit more flexible, an increased chance that you'll be able to do um, two next week. If you've got, say, 300 grand, you've got 150 you can spend on each player. But if you're playing with, you know, only 200 grand sitting in the bank, Going into next week, it's going to make it really hard to do a, a one-up, one, a, a double-up scenario. So, this is where you can kind of bridge off into the two segments I've just I've just talked about. You can do a golden and use it to try and do one-up, or you can do a double down this this week with the likes of Chappie and Rowe, planning to get RCD next week uh, while he's on the bubble and start the one-up, one-down next week and use this week's bank of 250 to 300K to facilitate the one-up, one-down upgrades for the next four to five weeks. Does that sort of make sense, JB? Like rather than than thinking this week-centric, if we can bank a little bit of cash by getting the likes of Chappie and Rowe who are totally topped out and or injured... Just delay the upgrade path just for a week until we can start getting on these fallen premiums because we, we are going to be looking at the likes of Steel uh, falling below 600K, but he's not really going to be obtainable for much lower than that for two to three weeks, right? So it doesn't make sense that we're going to be spending all our money to try and do an upgrade this week if we haven't looked two to three weeks in, in, in advance and who might right. be coming up. So I think that that's obviously a really, really complex way to look at it, but if you can't kind of go anywhere with the one downgrade from like a Chappie to Freddie this week, I would honestly just be straight up going, okay, well, it's a double downgrade situation. Yeah, no, perfectly put, I think. Um, and what two good rookies to double downgrade into as well? Freddie and RCD both look incredible. Yeah. Um, and really, if, you, if you're thinking of doing one up, if you think you're still going to have to do one up, one down next week after a double downgrade this week, um, if you're really tight for cash, I still genuinely think there are three good options that will present themselves to you next week. So um, I don't think it's the end of the world if, you, if you're on that train as well. So um, I think a lot of options this week. Like I said off the top of the podcast, this is the week that I've probably identified the most so far this season where we have options. Um, we have trading options. We have guys bottling out left, right, and center. We have trade-out options. Um, Lord knows we have enough of those with our rookies. We just have a lot of decisions to make. 
Um, it's not going to define your season by any by any means. So don't I wouldn't stress too much about it. Um, but it's probably going to define your next three or four weeks of rankings, depending on what where you go. Um, so just do your due diligence, look into the players, um, make as best decision as you can make. Um, and uh, just with the amount of options that we have, I don't think there's a real wrong decision. Um, you might get, you might see other options that you had do better, but your options probably still going to be really good as well. So um, I think it's a really good opportunistic week. Yeah, and I guess the thing for me, JB, is that we're talking about um, a double downgrade this week. I'm more referencing that second downgrade player being someone on the bubble. So, you know, if we're looking at the likes of the first game players, we've got Riley Collier-Dawkins from Richmond, RCD, midfielder, 124K, 76. He was their highest center bounce attendances. This guy has huge wraps. It's yep. a premiership side, and he's Cotchen's trying to break into the midfield. However. That's right. That's exactly what I'm getting to. Injury yep, is sorry. the reason that he's getting a game. So he's probably got a safe two to three weeks, at which point it will revert very quickly back to he's got to be performing to force someone else who has a usually has a premiership medal around you know their bookshelf at home. The God, how big would that ribbon have to be to go right around the bookshelf? Huge. <laughs> or a small bookshelf, either or other. That's true. Um you know, it's going to be really difficult to rely on him, you know, going anything further than two to three weeks. It's sort of like the Mansell scenario that he's probably got good job security for a fortnight when you brought him in. And then from that point, it was too hard to predict and they're just taking it week by week. So um, I wouldn't be going early on him at this stage. For that <laughs> reason, I think there are some potential um, options in terms of a trade in this week that are on the bubble. You've got Nick Murray, who's a defender, $102,000 from uh, Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Bargain basement, if he's getting games, uh, he didn't look he too bad. Good, by the way. Yeah. yeah. He's being thrown around a little bit. He's being used in defense. Towards the end of the game, he was thrown up forward. Yep. If you're averaging 50 um, as you know playing for the Crows, then you're probably not doing too bad. And obviously... Good intercept um, mark as well on him. Mm. Uh, speaking of intercept marking, JB, Nathan Murphy, defender, uh, 124,000 for Collingwood, uh, 55 on the weekend, average of 51. Pistol, I couldn't shut him up in the DMs after the game. Loves him. Really, really big raps as a youngster. He's a really, really good intercept uh, defender, uh, 190 centimetres, I believe. So he's, he's got that big type with Darcy Moore playing forward. He's a genuine option. The problem is with Nathan Murphy, and it always has been, has been his disposal efficiency. He turns the ball over quite significantly. And so um, if Bucks wants to play the kids, he's probably got decent job security because you know he's going back with a flight, taking intercept marks, and he's probably going to reward someone for, for that. It's going to be these small half-forwards that, you know, that he's just shoving into a forward pocket that aren't getting the ball that are going to go out of the, out of the team first. So like it, like Philly McRae. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you're... Stop trying to make me cry. If you're looking for a second option, they're, they're two definite ones that you could look at. Uh, we've also got Riley Thilthorpe uh, that's on the bubble. I think we saw the true nature of a 200-centimeter power forward in you know coming back to earth. At 203K, JB, he's far too expensive for the type of player he is to be considered as a trade-in. Would you agree? Especially with their next four games, um, you'd be crazy to trade him in this week, I think. 
Yeah, and so uh, Mark Keane is probably a little bit too expensive for me as well, $158,000, averaging 54. And there's a a small smattering of other players that you could consider, but it's really probably those three that are on the bubble um, this week. It's really next week that we have... um, you know, considerably options. more options. Yeah. So um, the the guys that you've just talked about, you've got um, Owies from Carlton, Nick Bryan in the yep. ruck from Essendon, Caleb Poulter, a mid-forward from Collingwood. Um, there, there's, you know, even Jordan Sweet from the Doggies might come back at some point. There's uh, James Madden, also defensive forward from Brisbane, played all right for 47 on the weekend. So it, it just, you know, I've talked about the layers of maybe doing a double downgrade this week. Are we foreseeing next week, JB? It might end up being more of a double downgrade situation this week. You can get really, really complicated and make it as just a labyrinth of possibilities, but you kind of have to set your eyes on what you're trying to do, what you're planning. I think um, you were saying that you, you plan kind of two to three weeks in advance. Is that right? Yep. So two to three weeks in advance is going to dictate what you're going to do next week, I think. So um, it, it's just all about kind of not, not locking yourself into to one sort of, um, you know, idea and not having any flexibility, which I think we've talked about before. So uh, I, I guess, JB, if Flynn doesn't play this week and Nick Bryan's on the bubble, are you considering doing the Flynn to Bryan situation? Uh, that's a tough question, actually. Um, that's a good question. Flynn <clears throat> has surprised me with... Well, GWS have surprised me with how they're treating Flynn and, and what they're planning on doing with him. Um, trading him to Brian... I, I don't think if I'm if I'm trading Flynn, I don't think I want to get a ruck-only return for him. Um, I think it kind of limits you later on. Um, Brian obviously has Draper to return and... Um, I think they have another tall player injured as well at the moment. I just don't think I could trust him to stay in the side. Although he looks great, their ruck stocks at Essendon um, are obviously rising. I think we can wait till later in the year. Flynn probably has two or three games left in him before the buy. Um, that's going to make pretty good money. Yeah, so if if Brian was going to come in and... You know, make you 150k or something like that. Is it would that sway you at all? Would you consider um, foregoing the DPP and the the opportunity to try and chase some cash, or is it just more? He's just not a safe enough selection to really be considered for that sort of option. Yeah, I know why you're asking me this week because it might affect whether I want RCD earlier. Or yeah, that's right. I commit to a double downgrade next week. Um, but it will be kind of dependent on the game and it's dependent on Draper's return. I just don't think he will have the time to make the money. Um, I think he's got the capacity, but it, I think the clock will just run out on him. Draper's obviously their number one guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I certainly agree. So it, as much as people are kind of planning to go Flynn to Brian next week, you do absolutely need to keep that in mind. All right, JB, so we've talked about the potential trade-outs. We talked about the potential trade-ins. We obviously like Freddie this week as the best on-field um, option as a rookie defender. That's the why, you know the reason we're bringing him in. Let's talk about some of the other rookies that we might be considering for our field. By this stage, we almost have enough, enough data points where we can say 
this guy is better than the other guy. And so, you know, the likes of Scott has made it a, a permanent mainstay on our field. Powell and Jordan, I don't think, will ever be in a situation where we're going to be um, potentially looping these kind of guys. It, it all comes down to the likes of, you know, the Berries, the, the Campbells, if they're back, um, and, and Rowe in our forward line. Who are your ideal rookies looking at the, the matchups for round eight? Um, yeah, as you said, I've had Scott on the field for the last three weeks, all scores in the 60s. Uh, and plays Carlton this week. He's get, actually getting up to wing, um, wing bounces and throw-ins. Um, he's looked incredible. He's sort of turned around. Uh, I think up to four or five weeks ago, I thought he'd be dropped. Um, since then, he he's been really, really good every single game and has reset his break even perfectly. Um, so I kind of forgot where the question was. So who am I fielding out of? What are what are my options? <laughs> all, all the, the the all the minimal options. I think uh, the likes. Of I know Powell, there's Scott. no. If you've got more than one person playing on your bench, then I think you're in a bit of a blessed position. Mm. Um, firstly, try and look for loopholes, even if it's like a really obvious loophole. Like if you've got, free, uh, I mean, it's not really. Uh, it's kind of. I can give you an example. You, like Powell into Barry. Well, what I did um, last week was. I looped McRae into Berry, so I have yep. I have the the unfortunate um, ability to be choosing between Jones and Rowe and Berry and McRae, and I think by this point, it's not let's play this guy over that guy. It's we have the data points now. We've got a handful of guys that average in the 40s and 50s, and we need to be looping them as much as humanly possible. And so I knew mm. that McRae was going to have one quarter before I had to uh, either put um, keep my loop on field or put Barry on field. Saw he was in the negatives at quarter time. I was like, you know, I'll... I'll take Barry with four quarters versus McRae in the negatives with three quarters. And that worked out well, 43 to 23. And then the same thing happened with Rowe. I looped Rowe with Harry Jones. Rowe's put up a 36. Jones's average is 36. Why not take the chance? And, you know, yeah, the you're downside... You're not going to lose 25 points on that, are you? Exactly. The, the downside risk, he could put up another five and you lose 31 points. Whoop-de-doo. But what he could also do is do 79 and have a breakout and you could have locked in a 36 from Rowe. So um, I, unless you have something that's considerably above their average, I think you try and loop as much as humanly possible. And and, and this week, it, it, hopefully it presents you a few options. Yeah, so I can I can loop Powell and Barry with uh, Brockman. I can do uh, I could probably no I can't do Golden and Barry. That's unlucky. Um, I'm I'm going to get rid of Rowe, but I think a lot of people will have the opportunity to loop Rowe with uh, someone this week as well. Even if it's just Scott, um, if Rowe comes out and does score well against Port, which would be unexpected, you could you've still got that opportunity to take Scott if you. Um, if he doesn't, and then if he does, obviously. I think it just goes without saying, and people don't do it enough and use their uh, due diligence to just get whatever loophole you could possibly get. I saw saw someone the other week um, loophole, I think it was Caleb Daniel in his really bad game, just because, and just loopholed him with a bad rookie, and then played the bad rookie and, and, and got a better score from it. So <laughs> um, genuinely, it was that bad. But um, whenever you see the opportunity do it otherwise i think like you've said we've got that much data now um i wouldn't be fielding row if i if i had the choice i would be wouldn't be fielding berry um even even if mccray's named again i'd probably take mccray over berry against north melbourne um i think the crows guys are in for a bit, a bit of strife this week as the rookies 
Um, other than that, I don't think there's too many players where I'd really say, no matter what you do, make sure they're off field. Um, other than that, yeah, maybe just try and loop all where you can. Well, we'll jump into some captaincy options, uh, JB. And one thing you absolutely absolutely should lock in is a 120-plus score. I think we've learned that. Uh, I learned that with Ridley earlier on in the year after preaching it for so long. And a lot of people learned that with Gorn and Grundy uh, this, yep. uh, this week. No one expected Gorn to do what he did. And we all fully expected him to do 160. But the 15-point loss you would have you know, missed out on if he had done that is not worth the 80-point turnaround if he doesn't do that. I think um, it's the opposite of a, a low floor of the rookies where there's upside, whereas in this, this situation, the, the downside risk is just so so massive. So, so much higher. Yeah. Let's talk about some potential loophole options. Um, it, it's going to be a bit of a tight turnaround with Grundy into Gorn this week. Are we concerned that... Um, Goldie had a bit of an influence on the on uh, Gorn on the weekend. He was obviously um, uh, very physical with him when he was knocking him around. Yeah, I, I kind of am concerned. I I'm shying away from the Grundy VC this week for that reason, um, which makes it kind of difficult because I think the Ruckman are obviously our go-to options. Um, this week, I think we might have to get a bit creative. So, um, for those of us who have Dustin Martin this week, I don't think that's a terrible. Um, shout for the Geelong game. We know he gets up for big games. He's had, obviously, a week off, gone and seen his dad. Um, so hopefully that's sort of revitalized him a little bit and he gives that break even a bit of a shout, um, a bit of a shake. That could be an option for people. Otherwise, I think going Gorn into someone is an, a good option this week as well. Yeah. Um, we've obviously got the likes of the Bulldogs guys, uh, McRae and Bonzenpelli playing against Carlton. And even with Carlton, you've got Sam Walsh. Um, I, I know Bulldogs don't give up big scores um, against oppositions, but he's in incredible form this year and even put up a 140 in their big loss against, or medium loss against Port Adelaide. So um, I think he's got a really high floor as well. Um, if you wanted to loop someone like Ridley against GWS, I wouldn't be mad about it if you trusted Gorn to do well against Hickey. Um, otherwise, there really aren't that many options this week, Chizo. Um I'm looking, Jack Steele has Gold Coast, but Took Miller's likely going to look at him there. Um, Merritt has GWS. I don't know if he gets any attention, but he hasn't scored big this year anyway. Um, and there was another guy who's likely to get tagged as well, who I can't quite remember. Um, but essentially, the options are a bit bare. I, I think Grundy into... Sorry, Gorn into Jack McRae is, is my favourite option, I guess. Yeah, the only thing that concerns for me is that Kerno did a really good tagging job in the second half against Merritt after seeing a bit of parish time in the in the, That's the first the half. Yeah. That, that could be impacting on Jack McRae. I think it's more likely that... That attention Bond, yeah. comes um, to Bont. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So um, I, I, I certainly don't have a problem with someone like Gorn into McRae. I still think that Grundy's form he's shown this year um, is just going to kind of blow Goldie out of the water. <laughs> I think it was just uh, uh, Gorn having a really, really bad day as opposed to um, he, got, he just didn't get... Any of his hitouts just kept getting sharked, or they just were were fumbled, and it, it just one A of those lot of days. Fumbles, yeah. yeah, so I'm still feeling really safe um, with the 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 ruck to ruck combo, JB. So um, keep it simple. That's my strategy. And anything over 120, I'm just going to take because I'd rather you know two in the hand is worth one in the bush or whatever the the scenario goes. So I think that wraps yeah, everything up now. for tonight, mate. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. Um, I I hate to say it, but I'm, I like 
it doesn't feel like it's been our best insightful um groundbreaking podcast but it's just because the the game's wide open this week yeah um a lot of people are double downgrading a lot of people are doing other things with their trades one up one down a few people have double downgraded recently and they see the opportunity to go double up this week um those people are obviously insane but at least they have the option <laughs> there's a lot of options this week um and i think it's important to say again you're not going to ruin your season i think there are too many good options this week to really put out a stinker um you, you might not make the best decision you might see your other options do better than what you choose but it's really only going to affect you in the short term. If so, I think it's a pretty good week to do well this week. Yeah, and I, I think I'd be looking at a, a double downgrade for me personally unless Highmore is back, and then I'd be less inclined to uh, be doing that, doing it this week, JB. But as I say, I've, I've had so many DMs of people, and I think I said on Twitter today that they, they want to quit, they want to give up, oh, I'm done with Supercoach now. This is all part of the all part of the ride, baby, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, t- it's not meant to be easy, you know? This is part of the fun of playing this game and trying to solve these puzzles that we never thought we'd be presented with. So keep fighting. JB, thank you so much for coming on with the podcast for me. Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the pod. 20% off and free shipping using code DRSC at Manscaped. And we're out. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns